Hello, I'm Julie Swenson, Managing Director of Forward Theater Company in Madison, Wisconsin. And I'm Mike Fisher, a Milwaukee-based theater writer and dramaturg. I'm Jen Apoff-Gray, Founder and Artistic Director of Forward Theater Company. And this is Theater Forward, a twice-monthly conversation about theater from a local, regional, and national perspective. From Madison to Manhattan, we're excited to share insight into our own company while exploring issues surrounding theater in the Midwest and around the country. Welcome to episode 28 of Theater Forward. All right. It's good to be here. So this week's conversation is about religion on stage, a tradition as old as theater itself, right? From the ancient Greeks to medieval mystery plays to Shakespeare to Christopher Durang and Lucas Nath. Uh, We're recording this episode actually on location in the rehearsal room for our production of Jordan Harrison's The Amateurs, which has actually prompted this conversation topic. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one I think is going to be great fun. Uh, Just to kick us off, I'm just going to give a really quick synopsis of The Amateurs so that you all know sort of the context out of which we are um, starting this conversation. So this is a very new play by Jordan Harrison, and it is about a troupe of amateur uh, theater performers in the 14th century in Europe who are performing Bible stories as they try to outrun the bubonic plague. So there's a topical story for us right now. Um, And it engages quite obviously and quite literally with the idea both of religion in terms of the Christian church and the telling of these Bible stories, but also very deeply engages with the idea of faith and belief in a higher power. And so um, this play really kicked off this conversation. Well, you know, and one of the things I love, love, love about this play, I mean, I'll put it out there in a season of really wonderful uh, shows at Forward, this this one uh, in terms of the script is by far my favorite. Uh, and I think in part that's because it takes religion seriously. Um, it's wrestling with uh, why these mystery plays were so popular, um, with the ways in which they did and did not resonate with the spiritual dimensions and spiritual topography of people's lives, um, and does it in a way that avoids the snark that, to my mind, you see in way too many contemporary plays dealing with religion. And funny, you don't see this because, of course, a podcast would not be complete if I didn't mention musicals. <laughs> um, you do not see that in the American musical. I mean, we've got lots of examples going back. I mean, really popular musicals going back to Godspell and Jesus Christ Superstar and Sister Act and even Gospel at Colonus that have done very, very well. Um, but at least right now, in terms of, uh, of terms of straight plays, not so much, and lots of examples of plays that that go south because they treat religion in a snarky way. Mm. And we're always looking for a play that uh, does talk about religion in an even-handed way. And I believe I I agree with you, Mike. So much of it right now is, um, and maybe it's because we are mostly liberal, maybe um, suspicious. I would say of religion. Um, the, the theater people, I'm, I'm, I'm doing broad stroke, um, but so much of how Christianity is portrayed right now is um, are, are stupid people. Mm. And, and the people who believe that are portrayed as just not as educated as the rest of us. And I see that over and over again. And I think back on plays like Man for All Seasons. Mm. And that was, that's an old chestnut that was done so often Um, you know, decades ago about Thomas More fighting with Henry VIII. Um, 
And he was the hero of the story. His con- his religious convictions were what held that play together, and that's what it was about, and fighting against the people who did not hold those same convictions. And we don't see that anymore. The people with religious fervor now oftentimes are portrayed as idiots. And why, why is that? I'm throwing that out. I don't have an answer for that, really. But that that's what I'm seeing more and more. We've certainly read a lot of plays like that. And, and, you know, having been with Forward from the very beginning and, you know, we've now planned 12 seasons and I can tell you in every single year, there would be discussions around the table as we considered various scripts about our desire to, to tell stories about characters um, wrestling with their faith. And I don't mean um, in a, in a bad way, but, you know, engaging with their faith, engaging with their belief and whether part as part of the Christian tradition or other faith traditions, Mm -hmm. um, really wanting to tell stories like that and finding those hard to come by. Uh, And, and some of the plays that we have done uh, do in fact uh, get into issues of faith, but usually in a much more roundabout way rather than engaging with it directly the way a play like The Amateurs does. I'm thinking about, um, oh, we did Stephen Karam's uh, Sons of the Prophet uh, a number of years ago. That was definitely a play about um, religion as a balm for suffering about a family, a religious family that was suffering a lot and how they process that and really kind of that Job um, mentality. Uh, We've done plays like um, Mr. Burns, a post-electric play by Anne Washburn, which was about creating a new religion uh, out of uh, crisis. You know, in that case, the religion was the Simpsons. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, You know, plays that like this season, both Mary Jane, uh, which has some characters using religion to deal with um, uh, very difficult situations with sick children. Um, That's Amy Herzog's play. And then, of course, uh, for Peter Pan on her 70th birthday, which is just a Catholic family talking about do they believe in in an afterlife and, and, and all of that. And so, um, that has been an interesting through line this season, not intentionally, but up until the amateurs, none of these plays really made it their main theme. Right. And the amateurs is not just Christian. The amateurs deals with a lot of different religions. That's right. Um, which is an interesting, um, tack as well. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird because, and some of these plays that you mentioned, Jen, touch on this, I do think we're at a moment in, well, first of all, we're, we're living in one of the countries, bizarrely enough, which is among the most religious, despite being among the most secular in the world. I mean, the split, which in some ways mirrors the p- political split in our country, is real. But there's a spiritual hunger that whatever one's politics are does exist. And one of the things that's lovely about the amateurs is that it acknowledges that one of the playwrights I am a hugest fan of in terms of people who are writing contemporarily right now uh, is is Lucas Nath, who I think in most of his plays, um, most overtly in The Christians, which I think is an outstanding play, uh, really are wrestling with what it means to believe or the nature of belief. And he, you know, in other plays, he's dealing with ghosts um, or dealing with fundamental beliefs and the way in which they get challenged on a level that is not only what I'll call religious and maybe reflects his upbringing um, uh, in a religious uh, setting, but also reflects somebody who is willing to be 
skeptical about everything. And that's also nice in an era where I think we're seeing too many plays that whatever the topic is are just too preachy. Mm -hmm. And and where there's sometimes been some great theater made uh, is taking a, a very comedic approach to these issues. I mean, I think of many of Christopher Durang's plays that engage um, very directly, especially with Catholicism. I mean, Sister Mary Ignatius explains it all for you, which I performed <laughs> in. Yeah, I was in that in college <laughs> um, with my classmate Larry O'Keefe, who went on to be a you know musical writer. Uh, that I mean, Durang did not shy away from taking that head on, but that wasn't his work. wasn't really looking at faith. It was taking on specific hypocrisies that he saw in organized religion and one religion in particular. And so, um, a very, uh, in some ways, narrow focus that he, that he had, although he used it to great effect, I think. (laughs) On top of that would be Book of Mormon. Oh, that also, uh, you know, I, I, I would imagine that um, there are many Mormons that might not appreciate that play. For many of us, it's hysterically funny and I think throws, um, makes fun of a whole bunch of things, not just the Mormon church. But that's more where we're at, is Mm -hmm. this sort of making fun of it Mm -hmm. without really um, exploring what it means to be religious. Yeah. And, And... that seems to be where we are right now in the canon of, of theater. It does. And I, I, I don't want to over uh, simplify or to, or to generalize, but certainly my experience in the, the years I've been working in theater, both here in the Midwest and in New York, um, is that many, many theater artists, the ones that I tend to have been around, tend to edge more towards the secular uh, than the sacred um, to find divinity in in art more so than in organized religion. And again, I, that is not the case for many, many people, but I think in my experience, that's been the majority. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it makes me think of an experience I had, this was a couple of decades ago when I was in my twenties, uh, I visited Rome and I grew up in a, a very secular, half Jewish, half Quaker, you know, not religious about either um, household. and. When I was in Rome, I went to the Vatican and I went to um, the cathedral there. And I remember walking in to this incredible temple to both art and religion and seeing these shafts of light coming down through the windows and hitting, you know, the marble and the statues and all and, and being quite literally overcome by the beauty mm-hmm. of everything that was around me. And I remember so clearly having this thought of what must this be like if I added religious faith on top of my <laughs> awe at what human beings had achieved here? What must that be like? It's pretty amazing. Pretty, pretty amazing. Remarkable. Yeah. You know, and, and so that intersection of art and, and right. faith strikes me, you know, bring, brings that memory, that memory up. But, but there are, I think you're right, Julie, that, Right now, I, I'm not as interested in seeing something that's just critical of religion or just critical of um, people with great faith. I'm, I'm more interested in being moved by seeing stories of faith mm-hmm. play out in front of me 
um, you know, maybe we see more Christmas Carol in our lives. I don't know. <laughs> I, I would go back to the Christians, Mike, and I know that um, um, overall, I, I think it's a wonderful play. But there is a part of it that that the the preacher who now believes that all people go to heaven, that even people who do not believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior will go to heaven, and antagonizes the rest of his um, uh, parish. Uh, is that a Catholic term? I think it is. <laughs> Sorry. His congregation. His congregation. His yes. And I, okay. Caught me. Um, not his parish, his congregation. Um, he, uh, they, I don't think that they are reflected well. I think the people that are strictly um, the Christian, these are the people that go to heaven. These are the people that don't. Are are portrayed as not as enlightened as as this as this preacher, and this is and the Lucas Nath. Yes, yeah. and that's that's that, my argument with that. And I do think that there is almost always the person that finds finds the true path and and the ignorant masses, and um, that's what I'm tired of. And I, you know, maybe there's a playwright somewhere listening that we could really use a true religious play about a religious family that makes fun of no one. And it isn't, it is part of their lives. It isn't all of their lives. They're also good husbands and wives and go on, you know, with whatever, whatever life deals um, them. But that, that religion is an integral part of who they are. Mm. Well, I guess coming off of that, I'm not going to get anywhere, Julie, because I know how you feel about this play. Go um, ahead. Um, championing the Heroes of the Fourth Turning, uh, which is the script that is uh, published in full in the new issue of American Theater. Um, this is a play about uh, Catholic conservatives mm -hmm. in Wyoming based on the uh, playwright's father's uh, and his own as a result of that life. I mean, his father runs this college. It's a real college in Wyoming. Um, and they are very, very conservative. They're also never Trumpers. Um, so even though they're Republican, they're coming at it from a very, very different angle. Um, they don't conform to, I think, any uh, stereotype, the sort of quote unquote redneck stereotype of Christianity uh, at, at all. Whether the play works for people or not, I think it's at least trying with uh, spirit you know, to, 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 to get at that, that, that need for spiritual sustenance in a, in a world where there isn't any. And Arbery was asked in an interview in American Theater, well, why did you write this thing? Is it in response to, to Trump's election? And he said, no, it was in response to the response to Trump's election. And he went on and talked about how people um, you know, within theater don't seem to understand or get what it is about uh, about why somebody like that could be elected, which to me strikes at the heart of this problem of um, maybe writing off, Julie, to, in, in the ways that you're describing, a whole sector of the population mm -hmm. and not taking seriously or respectfully what they think. And, you know, since you've put yourself out there, full disclosure to me, I grew up in uh, Catholic tradition. I had 12 years of Catholic school. I have no interest in that right now in, in my life, but I do respect what it gave me and respect the kind of beauty that Jen, you're talking about that can strike one when you're in a cathedral um, representing or embodying this experience of trying to reach something beyond through, through art. I mean, that's what theater is. I have to say, you know, this conversation makes me think of one of my uh, favorite things that I've read in the last, you know, handful of years, which is not something that we've produced here and it hasn't been produced very much, but uh, 
beautiful play called The Snare mm -hmm. by yeah. uh, Samantha Beach, which I just loved. And those of you listening, you should track it down. Um, about a um, a family in which the mother is being um, promoted within an evangelical church, um, but there was. I didn't feel any mockery of those characters. Agreed. Agreed. You, yeah. There was real genuine questioning um, from some mm -hmm. of the members of the family and an engagement with ideas of both personal faith, but then also the structure of uh, an organization like an evangelical church. But I, I thought that was a, a really beautiful um, examination of, of, that, uh, of that family and of, of that belief system uh, that I loved. And, you know, I think what I keep coming back to, this speaks, I think, to your point, Julie, um, there's a, a fear that I have certainly as an artistic director, and I suspect it's not, um, I'm not alone in this. You, you never want to do a play where you feel like you're portraying a specific community in a way that might feel shallow or, unfair or lacking in, in nuance. And if we were constantly doing plays all the time that dealt with religion, it might feel um, better to be in a situation where you may, maybe you do one that is um, snarky or one that is more questioning and you have a, a, a dialogue amongst the different pieces that right. you're doing. But um, if these plays are only going to come up sporadically, you start to feel um, the burden of are we are we being fair? Are we representing fairly? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, certainly, you know, to broaden this beyond the conversation so far, which is focused mostly on Christianity, you know, we had many conversations a number of years back here at Forward about the plays of Ayat Akhtar, um, where he uh, engages with Muslim communities with issues um, in uh, in Islam, and uh, we wrestled with whether our company here in Madison, Wisconsin, would it be okay to do one of these plays, uh, especially if the portrayals of um, that religion felt very unfavorable or negative? Um, he's got an entire body of work that runs the gamut, but if we're not going to do all of them, and we were thrilled when Milwaukee Rep announced that they were going right. to be doing one of his plays every year for what four or five years, four years yeah. right? And so that there was, so those plays actually were in dialogue with each other. So there wasn't this fear of you do this one show and it, and then are we sort of somehow representing that this is um, a holistic view of a very right. diverse and varied population? Um, so, you know, the same thing can apply to plays that uh, show Judaism on stage. Um, it's not all Fiddler on the Roof. I mean, but <laughs> right. we do have some great recent examples in decent uh, shows like that uh, and almost musical for you. <laughs> um, you mentioned Fiddler. You're good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, but but I know that, that that can be a hesitation. It's, right. it's the same if you were doing a play about um, any other type of specific community, you want to feel that you're doing those characters and that community justice. And are there enough place, plays to do a counterbalance? Right. So if you have a family of Catholics, um, for instance, and they're not portrayed favorably, do you have then the play where they are? Or, you know, and I just don't know that there are enough to give that even-handed approach and yeah. portrayal. Um, you know, a shout out since we're talking about doing a group of 
plays together in terms of the dialogue that it can create. I think there are two companies in Milwaukee um, that really stand out for me in terms of trying to make this dialogue happen. One of them is an avowedly Christian uh, theater company, Acacia Theater Company, mm-hmm. run by the amazing Janet Peterson, uh, who did a co-production of Freud's Last Session, which to me was one of the best and smartest plays about religion. And that production was really good um, that, that that I've seen, sort of a dialogue between Freud and C.S. Lewis as the bombs are starting to fall in 1939 about what the point of it all is. And the other is David Cesarini's Next Act Theater. I mean, I think David has really taken to heart the importance of trying to think through through a number of plays that he's done over the years, what mm-hmm. religion is and why it matters. Um, so it's possible, but to Julie's point, you really have to work at it and make that something that you're going to you're going to make a focus. And maybe more theater companies could be doing that. It does, you know, sort of bring us back to where we started, which is um, as we think about the role of religion in theater, if we, as we think about the opportunities in telling stories about religion or about um, the religious uh, on stage, it takes us back to where theater started and telling the stories of the Greek gods. And then mm-hmm. and then these passion plays, these medieval mystery plays as um, we deal with here in the amateurs, but those are still being performed in certain parts of the world now, you know, Oberamagau festival um, in Brazil, there's the, the passion plays that get staged um, every year. And that there are these roots in our art form of um, being here specifically to share these stories about faith. And, you know, maybe faith has become increasingly less homogenous and more um, open to lots of different ideas, but not losing the sense that theater has an opportunity to convey faith that can be really beautiful and, and inspiring. And meaningful. And meaningful. Mm-hmm. That's something to aspire to for Indeed. all of us. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll leave this there um, for this episode of Theater Forward, which is a conversation about theater in Wisconsin, the Midwest, and America. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Jen Uphoff Gray. I'm Julie Swenson. And I'm Mike Fisher. Our podcast is produced by Scott Hayden, and you can follow us or share your thoughts at Theater Forward on Facebook or Twitter. Theater Forward, as always, with an ER. That's something I get religious about. (laughs) And if you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you might tune in. And be sure to leave a stellar review. We're grateful to have you listening. And we will be back soon for another Theater Forward conversation.